what's up, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desire to connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the show, everybody. This episode of the podcast is a top 10 chord progression podcast episode of all time. If you are a music creator, this is the episode that you are not going to want to miss out on at all. And you're probably wondering, well, Kevin, why don't we want to miss out on this episode? Do you guys create music? Do you guys produce music? We have Joey Sturgis on the podcast today. Joey Sturgis Tones, Nail the Mix. Any major record that you've probably loved in the metalcore scene from the 2000s, 2010s, he's probably had his hand on it. So this one is just an absolute mind-blowing episode. You guys are going to enjoy it. But before we jump into that, I have to thank support for this podcast, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know I love music. Music is a huge part of my life. And podcast is a huge part of my life. I've been doing this for over four years now. And it's one of my favorite things to do. What's one of my other favorite things to do? Go to concerts and jump in those mosh pits. And in order to do it, how I want to do it, I got to say what I call mosh pit fit. So I want to be able to be in those pits from the beginning of the first band to the end of the headliner with no breaks in between. And I need to make sure my cardio is up enough to be able to do that. I got to make sure I'm strong enough to deliver those hits and take hits from some of those big dudes in the pit because I'm not the biggest dude in there. I want to be, but I'm not. So I go to the gym like six times a week, doing a lot of cardio, a lot of weightlifting. And that seventh day, I sit in the sauna, you know, detoxify and get that heat going. But I need to make sure I'm also preparing it right and recovering right for the gym in order to achieve those fitness goals and continue to do this day in and day out and stay mosh pit fit. So that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have many different products to help you achieve those fitness goals, such as different types of pre-workout, both stim and stim-free. I use the stim-free version because I run off of adrenaline as is. Music gives me all the adrenaline I need. So I just run off of that. I don't need any extra caffeine or stimulants. They also have different types of BCL recovery compounds to help you recover and absorb the nutrients in your muscles after work. Why did I just do that motion? I don't know. They also have different types of creatine to help you build muscle, different types of protein to help you build muscle, plant-based protein, whey-based protein, collagen-based protein. I use their chocolate malt-flavored whey protein because that's just what I like is good stuff. Different types of multivitamins and literally anything I need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners and watchers on YouTube get 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNX.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now time for a feature presentation. Are you guys ready? This is a top episode of all time. Joey Sturgis. If you're making music, you're going to want to listen to this one all the way through. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I have to thank my friends in the band Mountain Eye over in the Netherlands because they saw a post from this guy say something about being on podcasts. And they tag me in there. I'm like, oh my God, I have to give this a shot to take an opportunity on it. And bing, bang, boom, here it is. If you are a rock and metal fan of anything in the past, I would say 20 years, especially in the more metalcore side of things, you have definitely heard music produced by this guy right here. If you are making music, the likelihood that you have used some of his audio plugins is probably 100% at this point. When it comes to music production, I don't think anyone in the metal scene is more prominent than this guy at this moment. I mean, we had Rick Rubin in the, in the 20th century. This guy might be the guy for the 21st century. So please welcome Joey Sturgis. So Joey, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Wow, that's a that's a great welcome. That's probably the best one that I've encountered so far. So thank you. That's awesome. I'm going to take that as a win. And I just always do those completely off the cuff. And like I got a little preview sheet of all the stuff, but it's just I'm just going to roll with it. Don't plan it. And that's what came out. So 
Yeah, winner. Nice. Good job. <laughs> so, thank you. So, first off, again, thanks for being on the podcast. And how has everything been going in your world lately? I mean, pretty much, I'm pretty sure anything that's been going in your world has been absolutely crazy with everything that you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm busy as hell right now. Um, I live in Michigan, so we have sort of two seasons, which is like winter and not winter. <laughs> um, and in the wintertime, I I kind of buckle down and I grind because there's really not much to do. It's cold outside. I, I like to be outdoors in the summertime. So when I can't do that, I'm on my laptop grinding. And um, I've been scaling JST, working on building our systems up uh you know jst is actually going to be 10 years old this year in october and for those of you who don't know what jst is that's joey sturgis tones it's my uh audio software company and um been doing it for 10 years now and, and yeah it's grown a lot in the last six months a lot of big changes that we've made for the purpose of trying to position ourselves to scale pretty rapidly um and yeah uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just day after day grinding on uh, JST, Drumforge, Nail the Mix, all those good things. I mean, that there's a lot going on there. But when it comes to, you know, you being in Michigan and you're saying, you no, know, there's summer and then there's not summer. Basically, summer, winter, and you get the little bit of spring and fall in there. I totally know where you're coming from. I'm literally just on the other side of Lake Michigan than you right now. So I should probably look just out my window. If I wave this way, you know, if you're looking maybe 200 miles this way, you might find me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be right out that window over there. Yeah. Hey, so we technically did wave to each other right then and there. So woohoo. How about that? But that is a lot of us. I mean, I totally make sense. Just being able to buckle down during that point in time. And now as the weather's starting to turn nicer, I mean, hopefully we got the last bit of snow, but who knows? It's always, you know, the Midwest. We can always get some ram there. Might get a couple, a little bit more. But now that, you know, the grind period is over, before we jump into all the stuff that what's going on with Joey Sturgis Tones and some of the other things going on, now that the grind period is kind of over, where are you going to be going from here in the next couple of months in terms of, you know, the summer months of the year? Yeah, so uh, my goal is to try and um, make my team more autonomous uh, over the next three months, probably, uh, as as it starts to heat up here in Michigan. Uh, I spend a lot of time outdoors, like I said, so you know, I'm going to be out there on the water, on the boat, um, you know, just blasting classic rock at the top of, you know, singing classic rock songs at the top of my lungs, blasting as loud as my stereo will go, you know, having a good time. That's kind of my downtime is is the the short little summer that we get here in Michigan, which is usually about three or four months. And then the rest of the year, I'm pretty much grinding. So, yeah, my my goal is to spend some time working on making it possible for my team to be a little more autonomous without me uh, as I take a little bit of time off. But we are uh, we've been working really hard to you know, get a lot of our plugins to be M1 compatible. Uh, we have a new plugin coming out with Dino Cazares of Fear Factory uh, called Toneforge Disruptor. So that's coming out here like in the next week or two. And um, we have some other surprises in store for the rest of the year. And now the mix is obviously popping off. We've got uh, some really crazy guests that are coming on that I don't think anyone's going to expect. And I'm can't reveal, but it's going to be great. And uh, I don't have any records planned because I kind of finished all the all the records that I was going to do. I I did a, a record with Concrete Divide. We just wrapped that up. Uh, that's my wife's band. Um, 
they're an all girl hard rock band. And then I also just finished up a record with day shell, which is a, uh, a, if you guys remember of my Men, the singer from the original lineup, that's Shaylee Bourget. And he has a band called day shell. And, uh, I've always wanted to work with him. So I finally got to do that this year and just wrap that up as well. And that's what I got coming up. You got, you got a lot coming up, man. And when it, I, when it comes to conquer divide too, it's kind of funny just because, I had them on the podcast. I had Kiev on the podcast. I think it was my 200th episode. This was about two years ago. And you on the podcast this is right around like what might be the absolute 400th episode. So oddly enough, between the Conquer Divide connection, really weird. It feels like I'm going to have to have them on for like the 600th episode just to keep this string going. Keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, I'm, but when it comes to everything you guys have been doing right now, I mean, there's so much going on once again. The one thing I do want to ask about right now is nail the mix specifically. You're saying you got a lot of people coming on. People are be like, oh, my God, how is this possible? This is awesome. And, of course, can't reveal them right now. Just got to tease them a little bit. I remember starting to see stuff come up for nail the mix during the pandemic and starting to see a little bit more of the prominence come around there. So... I thought this is actually a really cool idea for a lot of people that are making music, producing music to get a chance to actually try their hand out at this and get more of a notoriety around me. Some some of these songs are what they're doing. So what was the idea that started Nail the Mix and how this become the thing that it is today? That's always a story I've been curious about since I started seeing the ads pop up for Nail the Mix. Probably around maybe 2021 was when I really started seeing him. So we the story goes like this. Uh, It was myself, Al and Joel. Joel Wamasek is a good friend of mine as well. Al Levy, who uh, I met through Facebook and and myself, kind of started having these like phone calls sometime around 2013. And these phone calls were kind of these epic. I don't even really know what to call them. They They were like podcasts where it was just like us talking about stuff, but we weren't recording them. And they were happening like sort of consistently. And I got to the point where I was like, listen, guys, these conversations are so crazy that we're having right now. We should just be recording this stuff. I'm sure there's going to be somebody who wants to listen to what we're saying. And so we started a podcast and uh, we did the podcast for like 12 months. And we our idea was to like charge five bucks a month to listen to the podcast. It was okay. Like we had like, I don't know, a few hundred subscribers or something. And it but it didn't it wasn't like enough for three grown men to live off of and we were actively pursuing like how do we create something that's of value that doesn't require us to make records all the time we, we, you know we we're looking for something that we could build or create that would help people that we wouldn't have to record all the time so that wasn't it and at the time I had been on creative live and so is AL and we had experience with creative live and what it was like to go online and teach people stuff about recording and stuff. And, and AL was actively trying to put together a school, a physical school where people would come and actually learn about production. And he had done a few of these like uh, boot camps. And I actually was a guest at one of the boot camps where I came on and showed my process to people and they paid a ticket price to be there and all that. The boot camps were really successful. And so we were kind of thinking like of a way to try and do a hybrid of boot camps slash school. And uh, I was thinking about Creative Live and I was thinking about streaming technology. And I was like, you know, if I just went on stream and showed people me mixing a song, I am sure that people would want to watch that. Uh, 
because the creative live format was kind of like, you know, let me show you how we built a song from start to finish. And it was, you know, you talked a little bit about production, but you also talked a little bit about songwriting, mixing. There's, it was kind of a lot of different topics, but I was thinking of streaming just about mixing. And so we kind of built this hypothesis where we're like, let's do this thing where we're going to mix a song from start to finish. We're going to do it all in a live stream. We'll have little, little you know, 15 minute breaks here and there. So everybody can go to the bathroom and people can chat with us and ask questions while we're doing it. It was like just an idea that we came mm -hmm. up with. And I got the idea from um, watching uh, the creator of Minecraft, Notch. He would actually stream himself programming Minecraft. And I always found that to be amazing because he could be writing some code and then you go in the chat and you're like, wait a minute, why'd you use that function? And then it'd be like, oh, because it does this. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I just mm -hmm. learned something. So it's kind of like a learning experience, but at the same time, you're also learning just by watching somebody else do something. So I felt like if you applied that to mixing, it would be like this amazing experience where people that don't know that much about mixing can watch a pro mixer actually do this. And so the first time we gave it a shot, we had like 500 people right away. And then we, we were like, okay, let's charge money for it and see how many people show up. And then 500 more people showed up. And then we were like, oh, crap, we got we got something here. So overnight, a thousand users almost. And then um, we from there on, we were like, OK, this is what we're doing. We're going to do, uh, you know, monthly mixing streams. Um, and we, there is more to it than that. Like, I'm kind of skipping some of the details because it's a lot to explain. But yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's how it began. That's a crazy beginning for it as well. And just kind of thinking about what the creator of Minecraft kind of bringing that idea to the forefront and how you guys end up, you know, taking that, working alongside the ideas that you had and putting into what is now Nail the Mix. Thinking about how people are learning these days, a lot more people are learning from a visual standpoint. It's not, you know, read something in a book and just go from there. There's a lot of times people are going to those YouTube tutorials for whatever it is, whether it's how to change oil on a car, how to change a tire, how to tie a tie, which is something that... I no longer have to go and do, but I had to go and do that for a number of years because I could never remember how to tie a tie the three times I had to tie a tie throughout the course of a year. But as time has gone on, the air has become so much more prevalent. People learn a lot better by being able to see things being done. And by you being able to do a live stream version of that, especially when it comes to mixing and producing this, all these different kinds of music, people have the ability to ask those questions, see it happen, see the process, get a further understanding of it. And then when they ask those questions, they get them answered and now they have a better, more fulfilled understanding of how this process works, what this specific piece of code is, what this specific plug is, why you're turning the, why you're doing this to these different pieces of the audio and how everything's going to come together. So when they're going forward and doing their own projects, they have an idea of, okay, when I was doing this, I thought about this, but then I saw Joey do this for Nail and Mix and I'm like, okay, let me give this a shot. And maybe it worked out, maybe it didn't work out, but allow them to have the ability to learn more about the process and hone their skill set a little bit more. It's something that has been a lot more prevalent, especially in, you know, how people have been learning, especially over the past couple of years. The pandemic really hyped that up. And I mean, putting that in there, you guys just nailed it perfectly. I would say when it came to Nail the Mix, you guys absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, man. And the thing to think about is in order to like recreate what we built, you would have to have all of these mixing engineers. I'm talking like 70 plus, you know, I don't know how many months we've been active now, but it's got to be more than 50, uh, you know, 70 plus mixers or something like that 
making their own YouTube channels and explaining what they're doing. And that's just simply not going to happen. If you're, if you're a great mixing engineer, you're busy, you know, you, mm-hmm. you got stuff to work on. So what's cool is that we're able to bring all these people into one platform that we built. That's just made for specifically this type of education. And you know, really how this came about was how do you teach somebody how to mix a song? It's, it's kind of, an interesting problem because if I sit here and I explain to you how compressors and EQs work and I teach you about like the different digital signal processing, or I even teach you with analog gear, Mm. you still don't know how to mix. You know how the gear works, you know how to use the gear, but you don't know how to like actually mix a song. And then if I do it on, on the other side of the spectrum where I'm like, okay, well, here's a song and let's mix it together. And I teach you what we're doing. Well, now you only know how to mix that song. So the only way to really teach somebody how to mix is to build a community that regularly gets together once a month and goes through different material and uses different tools and explore different techniques together to then learn about the art of mixing because mixing is an art. And this is the only way that we could figure out how to teach it. It's it's not just like, okay, let's make an infinite library of like, you know, 732 detailed videos like that doesn't work because at the end of the day, that's only those videos are only going to be mm-hmm. those examples. So it's an ongoing thing. The trends always change. The tools always change. Music is always changing. Mixing is always changing. And the only way to teach it is to do it the way that I, I mean, personally, I'm biased. I know because I'm a co-founder, <laughs> but this is the only way that I could think of doing it. So here we are. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense, too, because coming from a different standpoint, from more of a, you know, novice standpoint when it comes to production, really on anything was when I probably started it, like all the podcast stuff. Got a little better at it, but definitely nowhere near the level of, you know, production expert. But when it comes to learning about these things, watching different YouTube videos, it's you're either learning how to make that, you know, sound for a specific episode or for a specific piece or just how that gear works. And you're not getting that that mixture in between the two. And it just really creates more of this frustration point from someone that's trying to figure out what's going on. But that's like, I, I don't get this. And you're just getting more and more frustrated at that point. What you've been able to do is mix the two together so that you people know how these gear, how the gear works, these different techniques for these different songs. And then they're able to get an understanding of how everything works within each other and how to use these different ideas to build up their own skill set when it comes to producing and mixing a song and really getting it out there so it sounds the best of their ability and it's done the best that they can possibly do it. The way that you do it, man, I mean, I know you're saying you're biased, but I got to agree with you. Yeah. The other part of it, too, is that the community is so amazing and so supportive of each other that I think that's also a thing that's missing when you're when you're that lone wolf right in your basement or in your house, in your bedroom, trying to like make a record or learn how to make records. And there's really like none of your friend circle is into the idea. Where do you turn? And online communities have changed that completely for for everybody. You know, there's an online community for everything you can think of. But I like, I like ours, you know, I feel like ours is, um, very, uh, you know, we've done, we worked really hard to make it a positive place where, you know, even if you suck at mixing, like there's nobody there to tear you down. There's nobody there to talk shit to you. Everybody's there to like help you. And that's hard to find on online communities. There's a lot of online communities that are all about elitism and like, you know, oh, you're not part of the cool crowd, like mm-hmm. pushing people out and things like that. And and we don't have that at all at our, in ours. And so I think that the environment itself is really just conducive to building 
great mixing engineers and great um, music creators of all kinds. And so I'm really fortunate that, you know, we have that and, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into keeping it that way. And it's, I think it's important to your growth. Like not only do you need to know the education and have the tools, but you also need to have community around you. Yeah. And I think the main reason why you guys have that is just the focus on the platform being a place for education and growth, especially within the music scene for people that love to do this kind of thing, instead of just about, you know, just something in general. We take a look at online communities. I'll use the music music world as a very good example of this because we do have those communities that people are very supportive and people love to talk to each other. But there's also times where people, you know, will tear other people down with that music elitism where it's, oh, you didn't like this band up until this point. Oh, then you're not seen as less than me or something like that. Or the classic, oh, you're wearing that band shirt. Can you name three songs? And it's yeah, just you're yeah. creating that weird divide instead of bringing people together over the love of the same kind of music. What you guys ended up doing was focusing in on the reason why people want to do this and focusing in on the journey. You're not focusing on the end goal. So when people are at different parts of the journey, when it comes to if I'm just starting out or if I've been doing this for quite some time and I see someone that's coming in and has trouble with something, maybe I went through that exact same thing and the community that you have created and the whole entire emotion and vibe around it is, hey, this person's having trouble. I had this trouble on the exact same thing. I know how to help them out with this. Boom. Let me contact them right away and let's get this figured out so that they can continue on with their journey. And then maybe we can get to that same point in the journey together and we can hang out and have a great, have a beer and mix some more music. Have a blast with it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think music creation should be accessible to almost everybody. Um, it really is like a, a language that, you know, expressing human emotion it's a language that everybody can participate in whether you're speaking japanese or german or english and even if the lyrics are in different lang different languages music is still by and large the the common language between all of us right like mm -hmm. if i can play you a moving piece that's slow cellos and it's got like major chords and minor switches and you're like you're feeling a thing there's no, there's nothing else that does that really other than potentially movies and movies largely are 50% music. So I think that music is just like this amazing. Um, I think it's the real world magic. Like if somebody was to say like, is magic real? It's music. That's it. <laughs> so I think it's great that we all get to uh, share it and uh, participate in it together. I think you might be right in saying that where if there's real world magic, it is music. I'm thinking about bands that I've listened to where I don't even know what the heck they're saying any of the time. I'll think about even think about baby metal. I have no idea when they're speaking Japanese or singing Japanese. I have no idea what's going on. If I want to try and figure out exactly what they're saying, I got to look up a translation of it. But I can probably go if I went to Japan right now and I saw a baby metal show in Japan with a bunch, maybe 18,000 other people that are Japanese. I would have just as much fun hanging out with them because we're all connected with the music in the same way because those sounds, those tones, everything in the way it's composed it's hitting us in a certain way and we're relating that music to certain emotions and the core emotion that's in there, we all can relate to it in a different way. So we take it in, it comes in that core emotion within us and then we relate it to something that's happened within our lives that connects to that. But we're all feeling that exact same emotion. So if it's a emotional, if it's something more sad, we can all get together, put our arms around each other and have it be like, it's okay. If it's something that's more 
positive, energetic. We can all feel good and start dancing around, having a good time. If it's something heavy, angry, and you just want to hit somebody, that's when you get those big giant mosh pits to go in, which is something that I'm always going to be in because that just sounds like a good time. But it just, it connects people from all different backgrounds, all different places, all different ages because of how that music and those tones, those sound connect to the emotion within us. Yeah. And music production is the process of literally creating that product that creates that reaction and that response and that engagement. And um, I always like, like most of the time when I'm producing bands, it's very lighthearted, very casual, but whenever I need to get super serious and like really get through to somebody, I, I kind of have the two questions that I like to ask. And one of the questions is why are you making this song? Because if you don't have a good answer, if you're just saying like, well, you know, we need to have 10 tracks in the album and like we already, you know, we need one more. And I'm like, ah, that's not good enough. Right. And um, I'm looking for a real good answer why you're making this song. And I think that uh, people are often kind of surprised by that question. You know, I think it makes you really have to think about what the inspiration originally was. And you have to come up with... Uh, a reason for why you're making music. The second part of it is music is like history in the making. So if you make a song and you put it out, like you can't take that back. Typically mm -hmm. that, that song's out there. It's on the internet. People have recorded it, downloaded it, listened to it. Even if you could remove it from all the streaming services, it's in people's heads. So music is forever. So I'm always thinking too, like, why do you want to make a piece of history? Like what, you know, what, what is it significant about what you're trying to say and what you want to express? Think about it as that. Like, it's not, you're just here in the studio to record another song. No, you're here making history. Why are you making that? Uh, why are you making this piece of art? What do you want to do with it? Why is it important in your life? Why is it going to be important for other people? That's a whole thing that I, um, deal with as being a producer and i i think that it's easy to lose sight of that like if you're an artist you're thinking about your day-to-day -day, you're thinking about your relationship with your label your management you're thinking about oh i got to turn these songs in but mm -hmm. it's it's super easy to lose sight of that but don't forget you're there's got to be a reason why you're making the music and you're making history this is forever like you're leaving something behind that will be on earth forever what are you going to do those two questions just not only kind of blew my mind a little bit away, but just make so much sense with a couple of things that I've been thinking about hearing him talk about at the same time. First off, when you're saying, you know, why are you making this? Why do you want to make this? What like really focusing on that? I've heard other people talk about when they're making songs and trying to work on them and things aren't going right. It's, you know, do you actually believe what you're putting out there? Do you have the emotional weight behind it as well? Because if it's something that's just kind of, you're not fully into when you, when you, whenever you're, you know, making the music on it, whatever you're putting the vocals in there, that's going to end up coming out at some point and it's not going to hit as strong. So the emotion you're trying to portray, even if it's something that's a very heavily emotional or very connected to you, the way it might come out might not come out that exact same way that you want it to be because you might, like you said, thinking about other different things or you're just not fully believing it at the same time. The second piece when it comes to making history, there's a quote, I can never remember where I found it, but I saw, I saw it a couple of years ago. It was, art decorates space, music decorates time. When you're talking about making history on that, I think about, you know, songs I've heard from 
back when I was like in, you know, in middle school, when I first started listening to like Rise Against, like I still listen to those, some of those songs. And as time has gone on, sometimes some of those songs have multiple different meanings, but I can always go back to like the first time I heard or the most important time in my life when I was listening to that song. And I can get transported back to that piece in, in history. And it's kind of a cool way. It's like time travel. And if you're not focusing in on it, if you don't understand that that's a piece where people can potentially connect with it, then you might put something out that's just, you know, it's going to be out there. It's going to be a piece of history, but it might be a piece of history that either people don't connect with or just gets glossed over because it's not really hitting on anybody because the emotion that's being portrayed in that versus what the output is, is not syncing up with what you actually try to put out there. So the audience isn't going to be able to resonate with it. Yeah, they uh, there's like a scientific thing that says, you know, smell has the ability to like recall memory like really strong. Um, but I I also I also look at music in that same way where it's like, you know, I, I hear that first uh, that first corn album that came out. And I remember being 13, man, wearing big ass Jinkos and, you know, being cast aside in high school and, you know, the whole thing. And like. Music just like no other thing can just take you to a place, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, put you in a mood, put you in a vibe like it's, you know, 630 p.m. Like break out a glass of wine, put on some smooth jazz like it's it's a vibe. It creates the whole thing. So I love music for a lot of different reasons. And uh, it's always been a part of my life. I never thought it would be my career, but it's it's really interesting that it still became like even though i tried hard in my life to do something else i wanted to be a game programmer even though i tried so hard to like really pursue that and do other things music like tracked me down and like and like tackled me on the ground and was like no you're gonna do this <laughs> and i i didn't try i didn't try to chase music i, I think that there's a lot of people that do i think there's a lot of people that you know, learn to play guitar. They, they start a band and they chase music their whole lives and they want to make it like their career, but they end up working side jobs. I'm kind of in a weird way. And I don't mean this, like, you know, I'm, I'm saying this from a place of being humble, but mm -hmm. I really didn't want to record or be a producer or make plugins or any of that stuff. It, I came into it uh, because I think my natural ability, my natural skill sets like drove me in that direction, but it, it was almost like, uh, it was almost like I was led there by destiny or something, you know, cause any spare moment I had, I'd try to like, you know, build a video game or build a website or, or program some kind of app. And then like a band comes through and, and you do their album and then you go back to programming your app and then, then, uh, you know next thing happens is you, you sell some, I'm selling my drum samples on the internet. And then now it's like, okay, well, I guess I could do more of that. And like one thing leads to another and I'm producing bands and I'm, I'm building software. And now it's like takes over and mm -hmm. music has given me more things in life than anything else. It's given me friends. You know, I've built friendships and relationships through music. I've built, uh, my income through music. I've built a career. Uh, I've built a understanding of society and an understanding of relationships through music, uh, bonding experiences, all kinds of stuff. So 
I guess like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying that I'm really grateful to be a part of the whole thing and to contribute to it in the way that I do, where I'm, I'm creating products and education that help people get closer to it. And uh, yeah, it's just, it brought us, you know, here we are on this podcast together because of music. So it's just, I see a We Came As Romans, uh, is that a We Came As Romans poster or something back there? Yeah, it's a We Came As Romans uh, wall flag in the back from uh, the Dark Bloom album. Okay, nice. So I didn't work on Dark Bloom, but I have worked with We Came As Romans. And um, perfect example, just brings people together, creates connections, engagement, like relationships. It's incredible. Yeah, because I was I was running through just like the bands that you've worked with when I saw We Came As Romans on there. I'm just like, this makes sense, but also... Just because I've I've thoroughly enjoyed their music, love Dark Bloom. I've saw I've saw them like I think it was like four or five times just last year alone. And every time I get a chance to see them live, I'm just like, let's go, have a blast with it every single time. But what you were talking about when it comes to just how you kind of came into this, it all kind of stems from a lot how a lot of people get get into things. Think about it when we're kids or when we're going into college, and you know you have an idea of what you want to do in life, but usually what that idea is never actually turns out. It always ends up turning into something else, and you go end up in a certain route. You want to be a game programmer, and all of a sudden, just kind of just starts out with gets into music a little bit more, a little bit more, and now it has become the one of the biggest pieces of your life, and has led you to so like well, so much success and so much happiness. Myself, I thought that I was going to be like working in beer basically my whole entire life because that's kind of where my mind was in college. I was, I had a business acumen and I could, I knew a lot about the beer industry. So kind of went down that route and it didn't necessarily work out. Life took a huge nosedive for me in 2017. I was trying to find something to pick me up out of it. Music was a thing that kept picking me up. So I decided to explore something with that. And now it's 2023 and I'm here talking to you literally because of that. So it's kind of taking a look back at it as, yeah, this wasn't the, you know, the initial idea, but the ability to be able to do it and to just let things happen and to kind of be able to go in a route that is going to make you happy eventually and just is naturally going to be there. It is kind of a humbling thing, but it's something to look back on and say, you know what? It was all worth it in the end. Yeah, I I have no regrets. I mean, I guess the one regret that I could think about which I, I kind of still don't regret it because I, I something would be missing in my life mm-hmm. now if, if I had not done it this way. But, you know, I grinded hard when I was in my 20s, man. I did not do drugs. I didn't drink alcohol. All I did was record bands, smoke cigarettes, drink coffee, repeat, like ad nauseum. Like, I, you know, I did I was doing 10 records a year for 10 years in a row. I did over 100 albums. And I missed birthdays. I missed funerals. I missed family gatherings. Like I, I just didn't have time off. I, it took me forever to get my driver's license because I kept missing the appointments. I mean, it was like incredibly difficult uh, for my normal life, but I was building my, I guess, quote unquote, empire, whatever, like in that time period. And and that grinding, you know, while it had its sacrifices, it gave me a lot of opportunity later in life. Like I'm able to kind of do whatever I want now that I'm in my thirties, I'm building companies, I'm putting my energy into my own projects and they're doing well and they're, they're profitable. And like, you know, I don't know if you could repeat that or I don't know how to like give that as advice to somebody else, but I was just, I was just focused and dedicated and I'm thankful for that. Um, So, you know, no regrets, but 
sacrifices were made. And, and when it comes to trying to find success in anything, whether it's business, music, I mean, talking with other bands as well, those sacrifices have to be made at some point. I mean, the, the things that I've missed out on, the things that I could have spent money on instead of this, I take a look at that and think, you know what, things could be different. Maybe I could have spent that money a little bit differently, a little bit more wiser. But if I hadn't have done that, would I be in the position I'm at today? Would I be in the position I'm at going forward? Would I have had some of the experiences that I've had and would I have the certain happiness in life that I have right now had I not gone through some of those and made some of those choices? No, I wouldn't. If I if I would have made a bunch of different choice, if I made one different choice, not really pursued this, I might not be going to concerts and enjoying them. I not, might never have stepped for my first foot in the mosh pit and just been like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the history of the universe. There's so many things in life that we can look back on, but at the exact same time, you know, you wouldn't necessarily change it because those things end up being the things that make you who you are today. I think that might be the thing is even though you can, you're going to end up having to make these sacrifices. Yeah, it's going to be tough at times, but those are the things that are going to make you who you are today when you have to go through those moments of integrity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you get tested every day in different ways. Um, you know, I feel like I'm constantly tested in terms of my ability to solve problems uh you know it's it's kind of like my main secret sauce if you will you know being a problem solver a natural problem solver uh, is is helpful in all aspects of my life like from building a business to making products to you know even uh helping my friends figure out their you know what they should do in life or whatever so i i think that uh you know Music is a great way to test your uh, your instincts. It's a great way to test your um, your creativity, and it's an outlet for those same things. Uh, it's also test your emotional connection with life, with people. You know, it's. <laughs> I know a lot of songs end up being love songs, but when when the you know music is the language of of emotion, so of mm -hmm. course there's going to be a lot of music written about love um so yeah i think that as a uh as an artist as a music creator you get tested um more than most people i you get tested uh you know your your ability to be determined to 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 chase after your dream like that's like one of the most intense parts of a music creator's life is to like have to stick to it because i i always say that if you uh you know if you give up it's the easiest way to lose and music is one of the hardest industries to succeed in so if you're like a you know a singer a songwriter a musician whatever you're constantly chasing that dream and it's very easy to be like you know what let me give up on this i'm just going to go down like a corporate path or start a business or or work you know go work at a retail or whatever mm -hmm. It's super easy to do that because society has made that easy and achieving greatness in the music world is not easy at all. And that's all the more reason why you should chase after it because the, the rewards are great. You know, you can become this amazing performer that shares your music with the world and, and have a special, uh, you know, connection with people that you could not get any other way. So I, always encourage people like, you know, as hard as it seems, just never give up because you're going to lose right away. And if you keep trying and, you know, 10, 15 years go by and you keep trying to keep trying, I'm telling you, 
that overnight success that you see somebody else getting, it's not overnight. They were there for 20 years, just grinding it out. Just like me, I was grinding it out for 10 years and lucky I was able to start a company that helps a lot of people. And that's been uh, the thing that's driven my life forward and provides for my family. And I'm grateful for it. But if I would have given up, uh, that I would not be here. I, I I would probably, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd probably be back in a computer shop fixing computers, making six, six bucks an hour. So I would just say, don't give up. That's the, that's the point of it. <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it too. Just don't give up because when you like you, you lose, when you give up and when you talk about that overnight success, especially in the music industry, especially from the metal side of things, I think about ice nine kills because I saw them in 2019 for the first time. They were playing it here in Milwaukee at the rave. They're playing the basement level headlining and like the show was packed with maybe 500 people there, but this is 2019 They've been they've been active since 2002 and then playing these small shows the whole entire way. Then all of a sudden, you know, where are they in 2022? They're doing large venues. They're they're playing to like thousands upon thousands of people at the Trinity of Terror tour. They're opening for Metallica for all people. And it's like, okay, how did this end up happening? It's an overnight success. No, this has been like 20 years in the making. It's a it's an overnight success 20 years in the making at that point. So if you continue to grind it out, it's, you know, there's going to be those times where it's tough. Even with this podcast, I've been at this for over four years now. There have been those times where it's like, you know, having to face reality. Can I continue to go on and do this? And of course, the money thing is always going to be an issue. And that's for any artist, anybody in any kind of space. But when it comes down to it, it's, does this still bring me happiness? Can I still make this happen? Do I still want to keep going on this? Every time I've asked myself that question, the answer is absolutely so. We're still going at it, and that growth is starting to hit a little bit, but it's just there's still so much work to go. But enjoying the process of that and knowing that I'm, you know, you're connecting with so many people on such a different level, it adds to that energy, it adds to that passion, it adds to that positivity. You just keep growing and growing with that. From your side of it, you know, producing music and making all these different types of relationships, connections, and positivity within the music industry. I mean, take a look at all the great stuff that has come out here. All the great bands you've worked with. You, Joey Surge's tones, the people that I know that are pro, pro, trying to do music production right now, they have nothing but the absolute greatest things to say about Joey Surge's tones when it comes to the easeability of using them. And it's like, okay, any kind of other plugin? Yeah, we're kind of having some trouble with this. First plugin with that one, it's like, oh my God, this is as simple as it gets and it's as effective as it gets. So you're creating stuff where not only are you affecting, you know, people that are listening to music and people that are make, like, you know, the, the, the artists themselves, but other people that are trying to make music too. the whole entire spec, you're touching on every bit that the music industry can when it comes to bringing that positivity and that never give up attitude to light. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. We, uh, we love music creators of all kinds. And that's one of the reasons why I got into this. Honestly, it, it, it kind of was a weird story. The way that it started out is that, you know, when I was in the studio, um, the bands that would come in, I would always look at them as bands. You know, I'd always kind of thought of them as like, you know, you you guys write, perform, create songs. I like, you know, make that into a product. I basically, you know, make your song a little better. Like I make it sound nice. Like, you know, we we build something together. That's that's the, the harmony. But uh, there would always be the guy that would want to know what plugin I was using or how, what, what's my compression settings and all these things. And I always looked at that as almost threatening, like, Hey, you're the bass player. I'm the producer. Like, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. And 
it took me a long time to learn that there's actually a lot of fulfillment in being a mentor, teaching people your methods, letting people in on the process. And when I realized that 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 wasn't going to go away and that there was always going to be some level of interest in the production making process. And of course, me trying to understand it myself as a musician and a producer and the same, I'm the same guy, you know, it's like, okay, well then how do I work with this? How do I do something with it? And that's when I started to really get into like mentorship, teaching others, like passing the torch, building the products. And I realized that also there's a, there's going to be a whole new wave, which now we see in, in real time, we see there's a whole new wave of music creators. Music creators just used to be just musicians and people that would start bands and, and make records. Now it's YouTubers that don't even put out records, but they still make music for their own audience. They just do it in a different way. Uh, you have, um, you know, streamers that like make parody songs. You have like, like you have all kinds of crazy music creators of all kinds. And as that started to come to be, I realized that what we were doing was a part of that revolution. It was a part of the revolution of getting off of consoles and tape and getting on the computers. And now we're going from computers to computers and gatekeepers to computers and everybody. And, and I love the fact that we fuel that, that endeavor. We fuel that market. Like anybody can go grab like a, you know, a MacBook, get GarageBand, download, you know, Gain Reduction or Howard Benson vocals and boom, they got, they're singing, they're singing over music and it sounds great. That's awesome. Like that's, that's what I want to be a part of. That's what we are a part of. And that's what we're, that's our whole mission encapsulated into a, a short bite-sized story and uh i feel like that is that whole path is going to just get crazier and crazier as it goes along and i'm here for the ride you know i'm here to do anything i can with my skills and my my experience to uh provide that and and create cool stuff for that community and I, th I think as time goes on too, and this is something we've seen over the course of the entirety of human history, as time goes on, things are inevitably going to change. I mean, when it comes to music, when it comes to how music is delivered, before it was, you know, people in bands and just musicians, that's all it was, and they had to sell records. Then it was, you know, being able to be do it more digitally. And then the gatekeepers were the ones there. And now just everyone can do it if they have a computer and they have a can-do attitude. But what's going to happen in the future? How is this going to be delivered? How are people going to be continuing to make music? There's so many different things that are continuing to evolve as technology continues to evolve. It's happened over the time for, especially in the last 100 years, even the last 20 years, last 10 years. But the thing that I think when it comes to you and it comes to everything that you're working on, why it's going to continue to be the on the forefront of everything and be the leader in it all is the mindset that you have around it where it's not it's not about you. It's about the music creator themselves. It's focusing on that and making sure that they have the ability to do it with as much ease as possible. And if they have trouble doing it, there's going to be somebody else out there in the community that you guys have created to say, hey, this is how I'm doing it. This is how I've worked with it. Showing these other people, being able to have that education point to it. That main key point in that mindset, especially driving forward with this, when it comes to music in the next 10 years and music in the next 20 years, how these plugins are being used, how music production is done, how things are being delivered to the fans, 
there's gonna be so much of it that I think you're gonna be at the absolute forefront based on that education and you know for the creator standpoint in the mindset that you have. Yeah, I mean, I have several proteges, um, you know, that I helped mentor and have fallen, you know, followed in my footsteps and gone on to do their own great things, like Tyler Smith, who works with like I Prevail, Falling in Reverse, mm-hmm. Skillet. Uh, John Eberhard, who is a new person that kind of came into my life um, through my other engineer, Nick Matzkos, who I've, you know, been working with for like 10 years now. And, you know, they work on awesome stuff like Until I Wake. And I, uh, you know, I helped Nick Sampson come up and he's been working with like Polyphia and Born of Osiris. And it's just, I've created a, a really nice circle of people that I feel like are talented and we all have learned from each other. We've all like come up together and I'm just, I'm proud of that. Like I, I, I really truly do want to imp- leave a legacy behind and I want to impact this scene and impact this side of music as much as I possibly can, because I really don't know what else to do. Like I, I'm telling you, man, I, I still try to make games and I'm not good at it. So I think I got to <laughs> stick to this. But still trying to make games too at something that you might fix, find something in there that, you know, you can potentially get inspired by, make it into music and then bing, bang, boom, you've got something even greater on your hands than you did before. And you're still feeding that passion as well to the point where you can still try these things out. You never know what might happen from the, from there. One thing I do want to make sure I ask about though, something you said at the beginning of the episode when it came to Joey Surge's tones saying there's the next six months are rather important for it because you're trying to do so many different things with it. What can we expect from Joey Surge's tones in the next six months? That's something that now I'm pretty sure I know at least like about 10 or 20 people that are probably going to be seeing this. It's like, (laughs) what's he going to say now? (laughs) Well, um, we definitely have some really cool products uh, or plugins, I should say uh, on, on the horizon here that we've been working on for a while. Uh, We have a plugin that's coming out like next week uh, on April 3rd. It was the first uh, you'll be able to get access to it. If you're on our list on April 3rd, and it's a plugin with Dino Cazares of Fear Factory. It's called Tone Force Disruptor. Got some new uh, guitar tone technology in there that we've been developing for two years. And I'm really uh, proud of it, really excited about it. It's a little bit, well, it's a lot more than just an amp sim. So I encourage you guys to go over to our Instagram, check that out, because there's some cool technology in there that we've, that, yeah, that's, it's just awesome. Um, in the next six months, I mean, we're going to we're we're really focused on the content game, um, trying to you know grow our YouTube channel, trying to get our uh, we have this sort of internal policy at our company, which is like give everything away and you know give the information away and sell the tools, and so we're really focused on basically creating the best content possible on YouTube. Like that's our our mission right now is just like, how do we crush it at content so that we can find all the people who want to learn. And when they want to learn, they're probably going to want to then get involved in our tools and, you know, use JST stuff to go and then create their music. So that's kind of like our, our main focus. And, you know, like I said, some, some surprises coming up with the products, uh, the plugins and, just continuing on that that mission, which is to make it easier than ever to mix your own music, to make your own music, 
as many ideas as I have is there's just not enough time in the world to do them all, you know? Um, so I pick and choose my battles. I try to focus on tools that will actually make a difference. And, uh, and right now I feel like, you know, this tone forge plugin is kind of our, is taking over our, all of our brain Ram right now. And it's, it's what I feel is like basically the next revolution in guitar tone processing in the box. And, uh, I'm also like, I, I had a call. Well, let's see. When was that? It was yesterday that one of my friends had, and he's like a music producer, also legendary. He had a plugin idea and I was like, man, that is such a good idea. So I'm going to probably make that plugin with him. I'm really excited about that, but I, you know, I hate doing these things. Cause I like, I can't give you too many details. You know, I can only scratch the surface and it, it seems like such a tease <laughs> I, I know it seems like such a tease because even me i want to ask you know what are you going to be working out with this grand plug-in idea that you now have but i know that when it comes down to it you can't necessarily say it so i don't want to push on it but just the thought process behind it again the plugins that you're working on and then when it comes to the content side of thing creating a space where people that are producing music can come and learn all the information that they need, have it all at their disposal to ramp up their education on this if they want to have that. And then when it comes to the tools, you guys have them ready to go. It, it makes so much sense when, again, when it comes to, you know, the producer first, when it comes to the person mixing this stuff first, when it comes to the musician first, when it comes to the fan first, you guys are thinking about them every step of the way. And when it comes to growing their skill set, growing their education throughout all of this, and creating some of the best tools out there to the point where, again, 10, 20 years from now, the, you know, these these tools, these these plugins, they're still going to be around. They're still going to be around in some capacity. And who knows how how music is going to have changed in the next 20 years. But I've got a major, major, major feeling, and I can almost guarantee it that you're going to be there with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, that's the beautiful thing about it is that because um, I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes to get involved in like... I call them rabbit holes. Basically, it just means I want to get into something that kind of is endless. Otherwise, I get bored. You know, it's it's hard to retain my attention in something if it's too simple. So, you know, I like things like mixology, for example. Mixology is like endless. You can create a new cocktail every single day of your life and still not create all of the cocktails that will ever exist. Because there's different ingredients that you can use, there's different portions, ratios, different flavor profiles, things that you can discover that people still haven't even discovered in the last 200 years. So that's an amazing thing. And I love to be into that. And music is one of those things where you can, even though there's only 12 notes and there's only so many ways that you can combine them together that sound good. It's endless. You can have endless songs and there will be endless songs all the way into until the demise of of the universe. So <laughs> I'm I'm into those kinds of things and I feel like uh creating products or plugins or tools for the music world is also one of those endless endeavors. You know, you can you can always iterate and tweak a screwdriver and make it a little bit better. Um and so yeah, I love to I just love to design tools. I love to create uh, plugins. I love to change the idea of how mixing should work, which you can sometimes do with your education and your products. Like, you know, I, I, uh, I like these rabbit holes and um, that's what I, 
I'm going to be, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to be here at the end of the hole. It's going to get, it's going to go deeper. I'm just going to go deeper with it. So just keep going down the rabbit hole, man. You've been doing it for so long. And the more you keep doing it, the more this is going to become even crazier. And the more you're going to continue to be on the forefront of all this kind of music production. And Joey, I know that our time is coming to a close. I don't want to come to a close because this has been one of my favorite conversations of all time. So I must say this. As we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I was like to do is give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you're at the end of the episode. So Joey, the floor is yours. Thanks, man. It's been great to talk with you today. It, you know, truly a pleasure of mine to be here. I love doing these kinds of conversations. Um, listen, I, I don't have a lot to plug. I mean, I I do a lot of stuff. You can Google Joey Sturgis. Uh, there's tons of cool articles, podcasts, things I've contributed to, all lots of information I'm giving out on the internet. Um, but if you could do anything that you want to do me a favor, just check out joeysturgistones.com. Check out nailthemix.com. Try those things. Just download a free trial, you know, sign up for, I think we have a, an offer right now. You can sign up to nailthemix.com for a dollar for the first month. So you can literally jump in there, learn how to mix for a buck. And if you don't like it, you can just cancel or you can stay along and enjoy the community. It's all there for you. And and again, thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Well, thank you once again, sir. Now it's time for the end of the podcast with three specific things. First things first, when it comes to finding Joey online, when it comes to finding Joey Surge Tones, Nail the Mix, everything you need to know about that, the best place to go for that is going to be the description of this podcast down below where it says find Joey Surge online. There's going to be links to everything and labels for those links. So instead of having to search it up yourself, all you got to do is go down there, tap or click, and you're going to go right to wherever you want to be. I'm doing all the legwork for you. I studied econ in college. I know how convenience and incentives work. The incentive is the convenience is there. So go and do it. Now it's time for number two. Joey, never guess in the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for being on the podcast and continue to support you in anything that you do going forward. And every guest I've ever had when I've started this has hit on this. And I love doing this stuff. So you've absolutely hit on this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen some point. So it's not an if. It's going to be a when is that promise. When I get to meet you for the first time in person, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. I'm going to do my best Liam Neeson impersonation, use my particular set of skills to look for you, to find you. And when I find you, I'm going to go like this. Joey, first round's on me. Nice. Love it. Yeah. And I don't know. Are you going to Nam? Because I will be there. <laughs> um, unfortunately, not this time. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. Okay. All good. Well, well, we'll figure. It'll happen eventually, as long as as long as I stay in this industry, keep doing this stuff. I'm pretty sure it'll happen at some point in time. So, number three, as I bring this to its full conclusion, I cannot say goodbye because this was fantastic. If I ever get a chance to have you in the podcast again, I would love to have you on again. And I got to make good on that promise, so I cannot say goodbye. I have to say this. I'll see you later. Love it. See you later. Well, folks, that was my interview with Joey Sturgis. And now it is time for Kevin's final thought. And my main final thought is two parts. The first part is a quick part. Oh, my God. I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> that, is, that is incredible. And I need to thank the guys from Mountain Eye for commenting on one of Joey's Instagram posts saying, hey, you know, Kevin, check this one out. And that's how it all ended up happening because we got him on the podcast and I'm so excited about it. I couldn't believe it. Second thing is when it comes to Joey's and why all of this is successful for him, it's always because it's for the artist. It's for the producer. It's for the creator. It's for the fan first. 
it, and you take a look at the tones that he makes, you know, the audio plugins, everything around Joey Serta's tones. What happens, I've talked to our friends, I've talked to my friend Dylan as well, big friend of the podcast, and he loves those tones because of how simple they are to use. They are very effective, but it's just the easy ability to use them and learn about them is a major key. And what Joey had said about trying to focus on the education part of things, focus in on making sure that people have a place where they can go and learn these things and have that education to be able to build up their skill set for free even. And when it comes to the, you know, the tools, that's what they're making and that's what they're going to charge for. But you know, they're making the tools. It totally makes sense. And nail the mix as well to allow people to see how these things are created, have that visual representation, see how these producers are creating these songs back and forth, then trying it out for themselves and having a community that is built off of education and a willingness to learn and not one that's built on, you know, who's better or who's, you know, knows more. No, it's all about growing. It's all about focusing on the journey to get to where you want to go. It's not about trying to see who gets to the end goal first, which is an absolutely fantastic thing. So it's something that's very, very, very needed in music. And I'm seeing it happen more and more where it's more about the community than anything else. But the more those gatekeepers are removed, the more those, you know, uh, oh, name three songs guys are removed, the better off we're going to be. And when it comes to music in 20 years, is Joey going to still be on the forefront of it? I can almost guarantee you that he is. You know what? I am guaranteeing you that he's going to be there. And the reason he's going to be there is because, again, the focus on the fans and the focus on the creators and the focus on education is going to be something that continues to have him go down that rabbit hole. And whatever comes up in the next 10 to 20 years, he's going to be on the forefront of it. And you're going to want to be there too. So best way to make sure as a music producer and a creator that you're following that or just a fan as well, go to the description of the podcast. You're going to find Joey Sergis online everywhere from Joey Sergis Tones, Nail the Mix, anywhere else that he is online, be able to follow him and be able to follow along with anything else they're doing. Be able to build up on your education as a music creator. It's all going to be there for you. So go and check that out. Link description of the podcast labels there as well. Be sure to also follow along with the Core Progression Podcast as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So go follow us on those platforms. You know, follow, uh, follow because we have so many different types of short content that are out there. You can connect with us on all those platforms very easily. All you have to do is comment or send us a message because I'm the one that looks at it. I'm the one that does it. I'm the one that will respond, so you're going to get a direct response from me every single time. Please also remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Also, subscribe to the podcast on audio versions, Spotify, Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever else you're getting it, whatever else your preference is, because anything is going to continue to help us out, continue to deliver you know, great new bands, great new music, and episodes like this to you in the future. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for subscribing. If you're like, I liked it, but I'm not going to subscribe, please, please, please reconsider. If not, you're always welcome back any given time. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness, once again. Remember, 20% off, use code CPP20AppXFit.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Joey, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I, I will find you at some point, and I will make good on that promise that first round's on me. I will not forget it's going to happen. So friends, on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all! Yeah.